Madness of Pelagius by Safines. The man who would be emperor of all Tamriel was born Doris Pelagius Septum, a prince of the royal family of Wayrest in the Third Era 119, at the end of the glorious reign of his uncle Antichus I. Wayrest had been showered by much preference during the years before Pelagius' birth, for King Magnus was Antichus' favorite brother. It's hard to say when Pelagius' madness first manifested itself, for, in truth, the first ten years of his life were marked by much insanity in the land itself. When Pelagius was just over a year old, Antichus died and a daughter, Kentura, assumed the throne to the acclaim of all. Kentura II was Pelagius' cousin, and an accomplished mystic and sorceress. If she had sufficient means to peer into the future, she would surely have fled the palace. The story of the War of the Red Diamond has been told in many other scholarly journals, but as most historians agree, Kentura II's reign was usurped by her and Pelagius' cousin Uriel by the power of his mother Potema, the so-called Wolf Queen of Solitude. The year after her coronation, Kentura was trapped in Glenpoint and imprisoned in the Imperial Dungeons there. All of Tamriel exploded into warfare as Prince Uriel took the throne as Uriel III, and High Rock, because of the imprisoned Empress' presence there, was the location of some of the bloodiest battles. Pelagius' father, King Magnus, allied himself with his brother Sufferus against the usurper emperor and brought the wrath of Uriel III and Queen Potema down on Wayrest. Pelagius, his brothers and sisters, and his mother Euthela fled to the Isle of Balfiera. Euthela was a line of Dureni, and her family manse is still located on that ancient isle to this day. There is thankfully much written record of Pelagius' childhood in Balfiera, recorded by nurses and visitors. All who met him described him as a handsome, personable boy interested in sport, magic, and music. Even assuming diplomats' lack of candor, Pelagius seemed, if anything, a blessing to the future of the Septum dynasty. When Pelagius was eight, Sufferus slew Uriel III at the Battle of Ichidig and proclaimed himself Emperor Sufferus I. For the next ten years of his reign, Sufferus battled Potema. Pelagius' first battle was the Siege of Solitude, which ended with Potema's death and the final end of the war. In gratitude, Sufferus placed Pelagius on the throne of Solitude. As King of Solitude, Pelagius' eccentricities of behavior began to be noticeable. As a favorite nephew of the Emperor, few diplomats of Solitude made critical commentary about Pelagius. For the first two years of his reign, Pelagius was the, at the very least noted for his alarming shifts in weight. Four months after taking the throne, a diplomat from Ebenhard called Pelagius a hale and hearty soul with a heart so big it whitens his waist. Five months after that, the visiting princess of first hold wrote to her brother that the kings gripped my hand and it felt like I was being clutched by a skeleton. Pelagius was greatly emaciated indeed. Sufferus never married and died childless three years after the Siege of Solitude. As the only surviving sibling, Pelagius' father, Magnus, left the throne of Wayrest and took residence at the Imperial City as the Emperor Magnus I. Magnus was elderly, and Pelagius was his oldest living child, so the attention of Tamriel focused on Sentinel. By this time, Pelagius' eccentricities were becoming infamous. There are many legends about his acts as King of Sentinel, but few well-documented cases exist. It is known that Pelagius locked the young princes and princesses of Sylvanar in his room with him, only releasing them when an unsigned declaration of war was slipped under the door. 
when he tore off his clothes during a speech he was giving at a local festival. His advisors apparently decided to watch him more carefully. On the orders of Magnus, Pelagius was married to the beautiful heiress of an ancient dark elf noble family, Cateriah Raathem. Nordic kings who marry dark elves send them improve their popularity. There are two reasons most scholars give for the union. Magnus was trying to cement relations with Ebenhart, where the Raathim clan hailed. Ebenhart's neighbor, Mornhorld, had been a historical ally of the Empire since the very beginning, and the royal consort of Queen Baron Zaya had won many battles in the War of the Red Diamond. Ebenhart had a poorly kept secret of aiding Uriel III and Potema. The other reason for the marriage was more personal. Cateriah was as shrewd a diplomat as she was beautiful. If any creature was capable of hiding Pelagius' madness, it was she. On the 8th of Second Seed, Third Era, 145, Magnus I died quietly in his sleep. Jolithi, Pelagius' sister, took over the throne of Solitude, and Pelagius and Cateriah rode to the Imperial City to be crowned Emperor and Empress of Tamriel. It is said that Pelagius fainted when the crown was placed on his head, but Cateriah held him up so only those closest to the thrones could see what had happened. Like so many Pelagius stories, this cannot be verified. Pelagius III never truly ruled Tamriel. Cateriah and the Elder Council made all the decisions and only tried to keep Pelagius from embarrassing all. Still, stories of Pelagius III's reign exist. It is said that when the Argonian ambassador from Black Rose came to court, Pelagius insisted on speaking in all grunts and squeaks, as that was the Argonian's natural language. It is known that Pelagius was obsessed with cleanliness, and many guests reported waking to this noise of an early morning scrub-down of the Imperial Palace. The legend of Pelagius, while inspecting the servants' work, suddenly defecating on the floor to give them something to do, is probably apocryphal. When Pelagius began actually biting and attacking visitors to the Imperial Palace, it was decided to send him to a private asylum. Cateriah was proclaimed regent two years after Pelagius took the throne. For the next six years, the Emperor stayed in a series of institutions and asylums. Traitors to the Empire have many lies to spread about this period. Whispered stories of hideous experiments and tortures performed on Pelagius have almost become accepted as fact. The noble lady Cateriah became pregnant shortly after the Emperor was sent away, and rumors of infidelity and, even more absurd, conspiracies to keep the sane Emperor locked away ran amok. As Cateriah proved, her pregnancy came about after a visit to her husband's cell. With no other evidence as loyal subjects, we are bound to accept the Empress's word on the matter. Her second child, who had reigned for many years as Uriel IV, was a child of her union with her consort Lariat, and publicly acknowledged as such. On a warm night in the sun's dawn in his 34th year, Pelagius III died after a brief fever in his cell at the Temple of Kinareth in the Isle of Betany. Cateriah I reigned for another 46 years before passing the scepter onto the only child she had with Pelagius, Cassander. Pelagius' wild behavior has made him perversely dear to the province of his birth and death. The second of Sun's Dawn, which may or may not be the anniversary of his death, records are not very clear, is celebrated as Mad Pelagius, the time when foolishness of all sorts is encouraged. And so, one of the least desirable emperors in the history of the Septim Dynasty has become one of the most famous ones. Many thanks for lending this one your ears once again. Leave a like and or comment if you have enjoyed, and beware the mad god's influence.